the answer is not going to be you know pleasing to many people but the the what we've discovered over the you know thousands of detoxes is that um any amount of sweetness will lead you back to the regular sugar what we have to do is we have to readjust our taste buds right we have to you get to the point where carrots taste sweet and peppers taste sweet and uh, macadamia nuts taste like candy kind of thing and it's just like until you those neural pathways that we talked about that are grooved in your brain as you know since you were a child possibly in the womb uh, for the sweet product uh, are activated like Pavlov's dogs, uh, you know, because these things are usually have been mixed together. They say that life is full of opportunities, right? So why are so many of us dreading getting out of bed to face another day? I know what that's like. My life was full of conflict, stress, failure, and fear. When I got cancer for the second time, my choice was simple, change or die. Today, I love waking up. I love my life. I love owning my own business that is helping people learn and grow. So how do you unlock that kind of transformation in your life? Let's discover the answers together as we hear from ordinary people like you and me and their extraordinary success stories. My name is Donna Gammon, and this is Power to Grow. Welcome, everyone. I am very excited to introduce our guest today. We have a special guest. His name is Michael Collins, and he is the founder of SugarAddiction.com and Quit Sugar Summit, as well as past chairman of the board and current board member of Addiction Institute. He has been completely sugar-free for over 30 years and has worked closely with others to help them regain life ravaged by this addictive product. Mike has been in recovery from substance use disorder for over 35 years and can speak on recovery topics separate from sugar. He raised two children, and this just blew me away, two children sugar-free from the wound to over six years old. Then um, only they had sugar once a month for their entire childhood. Wow, that is absolutely amazing. And he has a book which is rated number one in the Health Living on Amazon, Healthy Living on Amazon, will be available for the audience for free for the day of the interview. So when this is published for that first day, it is absolutely free. Yep. Wow, that's amazing. Well, Michael, thank you for that. That's awesome. And welcome to our show today. Well, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. It's an honor. Yeah. So that was a lot. Tell us, how did this, like, did you have a really strong addiction in the beginning or tell us a little bit about your story and, and how this sure. all came about? Yeah, I, I have what I call the podcast version. It usually brings up more questions than it answers, but uh, it, you know, kind of bring you from the here to there kind of thing. But uh, I thought I, I, and I think I grew up as a regular kid. Um, uh, my mom was a sugar junkie. She was my, my favorite sugar junkie. She, uh, kind of a sad story. She, 
when uh, my grandma died when she was just uh, my mom was just eight years old so uh they owned the country store across the way and and when they he, she would go across the road and look for something they would just give it to her that was an arrangement her father made my grandfather made um to you know she was she just lost her mom she was only eight so they would give her the free candy whatever she wanted you know oh, and so she wow. she genuinely began to believe that sugar was love you know and we were raised that way you know we had unfettered access to the sugar bowl uh she's the one that taught me to dip strawberries in sugar to eat them and uh i mean it was crazy it, you know when you, if we didn't if we didn't scrape up a half an inch of sugar at the bottom of the cereal bowl when I, with the milk, we didn't put enough sugar in there, you know, it was, I mean, just wow. wild. We would make Kool-Aid with three times the, uh, the recipe. There's a really cool uh, video on YouTube, Eric Clapton, the famous guitar player, talking to Ed Bradley of 60 Minutes, and he says, so Eric, a 60 Minutes guy says, Eric, this thing, this addiction thing started with heroin, right? And now they're sitting in his $7 million Antigua treatment center for drugs and alcohol. And Eric Clapton says, no, Ed, this started with sugar. And he said, sugar? He said, yeah, we used to eat, I used to eat bread and butter and sugar sandwiches when I was five and six years old to change my state. And remember that change my state part, because it's going to be important as we go forward. And so, I, I, I mean, I used to eat those bread and butter and sugar sandwiches. And uh, anyway, fast forward through my childhood, I just loved every kind of candy there was. There wasn't one except for butterscotch that I didn't eat and ice cream and everything else. And we were, we had a lot of it around the house as much as we could get. We were, I was still trick or treating when I was 15 and 16. But about 14 or 15, when I ran into beer, I knew that that changed my state. You know, I knew that I was, um, I could talk to girls. I was a little shy, whatever. And, uh, you know, we used to call it liquid courage and everything. And so I realized that this, this substance was changing the way that I felt, right? So anyway, fast forward again, I'm, I'm 28 years old. I finally get sober. Right. And that was a party and it was fun. And but, you know, it couldn't continue. So literally at 28, I went right back to sugar. I didn't eat a lot of sugar when I was drinking and using drugs. And I'll, like a lot of the people that I was getting sober with, same thing. You know, the, the recovery rooms had all kind of cakes and cookies and candies and everything. And so uh, I started to realize that, I mean, I, I'm a thin athletic guy and I gained about 20 pounds for like like 60 days and so everybody else around again they gained like 50 pounds in the first year kind of thing and we're getting diag diagnosed with diabetes and different stuff so i started researching i started to figure it out of trying to get healthy and i read a book called sugar blues and sugar blues was the story is the story of a guy named william duffy and duffy um married the famous movie star gloria swanson they met at a party and uh, he was putting two lumps of sugar in his coffee and a voice from behind him said, I wouldn't have that stuff in my house, let alone my body. And, you know, he knew the voice and he turned around, there's Gloria Swanson. So they, they, they ended up promoting that in the late 70s, and early 80s. And it really was fascinating to me, the history lesson of the English empire, growing the giant English empire, literally took over most of the world on the backs of the money they made in the slave trade 
and sugar and rum, molasses, tea, coffee from the Caribbean after they dropped off the slaves, picked up the slaves in Africa, dropped them off in the Caribbean and the Americas. You know, that route was a huge, uh, like El Chapo could had nothing on them. They, they had a, a cartel of sugar. And that just, uh, that part fascinated me more than the, the history. But anyway, it took me another two or three years by myself to get off of sugar and, uh, and flour and caffeine. And uh, I ended up meeting my wife and getting married. And, and anyway, we, we had a couple kids, but I had talked her into some, I, I still don't know how I did it, but uh, she didn't have any sugar while she was pregnant or till the boys were six years old and nursed the boys. And uh, I mean, those, they were twins actually. And, uh, and I really believe that that helped them, you know, their brain grow, that brain development, the first thousand days between conception and the two years old, it grows like thousands of percentages. And that, you know, the sugar will pass through the placental barrier and into the milk. So it really was uh, something I think now the science is burying me out. So about 10 years ago, I bought the name sugaraddiction.com and I started putting up the best information on the internet. I mean, everything that was available 10 years ago, 12 years ago, now 11 years, I don't know, a long time ago. And, uh, and I had a regular career. I had a regular life. The boys always said I should write a book about uh, sugar and sugar addiction and stuff. So I did. And that's the book that you, you know, that's on Amazon and on my website, sugar addiction too. But, uh, so I just, you know, uh, I just gave them the good information. Well, some people, most people didn't get off the sugar. I mean, they would write me and they did okay. Some of them, some, some of them took it and ran with it. It wasn't until about three years ago when I really uh, took off, the whole thing took off because we started coaching online and we started these groups and these forums. And now we have a forum over 7,000 people that have between, you know, like a year and five years off sugar. Uh, or, or, you know, a day actually in, in five years. I mean, it's just like everybody helping each other out with like a peer recovery structure where everybody just helps everybody else out. And uh, so, yeah, that's the short version of how I ended up here. And it's just, uh, you know, in between, I was uh, asked to be on the board at the Food Addiction Institute and became the chairman last year. And, wow. and so we're just, you know, keeping on trying to, to get people to understand that this is kind of a, the science in the last five years has proven that this is much closer to a substance use disorder uh, than a health, you know, I mean, it's a health issue, sure, but it's more, it's closer to a drug and alcohol thing than it is like eating disorders or um, anorexia or bulimia. It really has, it models closer, and you only have to ask someone who's, too, you know, who's been 100 or 200 pounds overweight and lost all their weight and kept it off in that type of recovery who's changed to know that they went through the same recovery or had to go through the same recovery with sugar and flour that they did with alcohol or alcohol or drugs. So it's a fascinating wow. thing. And I just don't think uh, too many people know about it. It's not out there in the world. That's why I like to do podcasts like this. I love that. I love it. I love that you're bringing awareness to people because, you know, even uh, people like me, I've had, you know, breast cancer. And, and that's one of the things that they first thing they talk about is your sugar and mm -hmm. getting rid of the sugar, you know, that's sure. what feeds the cancer. And so, you know, I wasn't, 
Well, I can't say I wasn't a big sugar person because I loved my red vine licorice. Mm. But I, other than that, I, like I that wasn't too. a big, like, you know, I didn't eat it, but I, I always had red vines. And so I, I think about that, you know, that was probably just feeding that cancer. Plus I had stress and other things, but, but I love that you're tying this addiction into, you know, just like drugs and alcohol and other things, it's still an addiction mm. and it's still something that you have to go through a process. Mm-hmm. So is there, is there some, like, what is the process that, that you kind of take people through as you go through this sugar addiction? Is there like steps like there is in recovery or? Yeah, or no, it's a good question. Work? And you know, it's taken many years to get to the point, like thousands of detoxes, you know, it's just really pattern recognition at this point. We have this 30-day challenge where we uh, I just come into folks' inbox every day for 30 days and they join the forum. We have Zoom meetings uh, all weeknights, pretty soon, uh, you know, every night in the week here. And it really is that community that helps. But what really helps is that... Um, they know what's coming. In other words, many people, like if you've read any of the books on diet or anything, every one of them says to quit the white stuff. Mm -hmm. And the real science or the the science that says, if most people who lose any amount of weight, which is always, you know, quit the white stuff, uh, you know, if they lose a bunch of weight, then they gain it all back in the first year. And that's like famous uh, peer reviewed uh, history lore. I mean, the studies are there's hundreds of them. Uh, even the biggest loser study uh, from the CDC says the same thing. Only one in all those folks kept their weight off. And so basically what's happening is they are um, not recovering from the addiction. They are white knuckling their, uh, like a lot of athletes, especially like the folks on the biggest loser, they can do it for a certain period of time. And until they, unless they substitute the, uh, they need to change their, how they manage their emotions. This is a little bit tricky. And it's one of the reasons why I like podcasts because we don't have a meat is murder or friends don't let friends drive drunk. You know, we don't have a sound bite that is very explanatory and a very short thing, uh, you know, a little quick uh, sentence. And what we do is we walk you through on this process on this, on like an, about a 40 minute podcast, 45 minute podcast, we can walk someone through this. And really what happens over the month is they learn this as well. And what they're learning is that, remember when I said it, uh, the sugar changed my state and Eric Clapton said the sugar changed my state. People think of that, you know, that sugar has something to do with calories in, calories out, exercise, all this kind of stuff. In reality, um, most, it doesn't really. I mean, yeah, you have to eat whole foods. You can't eat, continue to eat sugar. But if you don't understand that, you know, the reason that you're eating the sugar is not for uh, a sweet taste. Uh, It really is for what's called a dopamine hit dopamine, serotonin, norepinephrine, GABA, your brain chemical reward systems are literally hijacked by this product. And they have been since you were a kid. You know, when my mom was letting me use all that sugar and when she was giving me sugar, when I was upset, like she'd give me a cookie and send me to the TV, she had three other kids. 
and she had, didn't have time. She worked full time back then. Uh, you know, a, a full time working mother was very rare. And so she didn't have a lot of time to, you know, uh, hang out with me and say, are you all right? And, you know, we'd get down and give me a hug and give me, you know, whatever. And so our parents used this process to help manage us. And so we learned it. So if we're hurting, you know, sugar, if we're scared, sugar, if we're crying, sugar, pain, sugar. I mean, when was the last time you saw a, uh, a movie where a woman got broken up with by a boyfriend and, and they didn't have an ice cream party after, you know? I mean, it's really, it's like a cultural norm now. And, and so until people kind of grasp this and accept this idea, I did a great uh, testimonial for our products at one time. This woman, she's, she was a Weight Watchers leader. She'd been in Weight Watchers since she was 16. She was illegal for the first two years she was with her mother. And for 30 years, she was in Weight Watchers and was, became a leader one time when she finally did hit goal weight. But she gained it all back. And uh, I asked her, you know, what do you think turned the tide for you? And she said, I was above addiction till I, you know, ran into your stuff. And it's like, so, and people can, and, and I like people to think nicotine, Donna, not necessarily uh, heroin or alcohol. And that stuff's out there, you know, it's the same as strong as cocaine, whatever. That's with rodents, you know. <laughs> but regardless, this is still an addiction that's a niggling bad habit and addiction that affects the way you feel about yourself. And it really, at this point, when we become adults, the only thing we're doing really is fighting off withdrawals. And as far as the process that we're going through in days three to five, the withdrawals are pretty nasty. They can be, you know, debilitating in a lot of ways. You're hungry, irritable, angry, hangry. Uh, you know, you don't, you don't even like yourself, let alone anybody in your family. It's a hard, you know, and you're always starving during that first period, you know, because you're starving because your body's trying to get re-ingest the product, you know, trying to get the stuff back in. So again, the answer to your question really is a Sherpa, a guide, somebody who's been there before. And then when they get through it, a community of people that uh, understands. A lot of times, most of the folks that come to us, they've never, they're the only one in the family. Like they got to still cook for their spouse or their kids or whatever. They're the only one in the family that is, this has started to bother and that they've done the research on. So yeah, it's a, it's, a, it takes it, like I said, it takes a little bit of a setup. It takes for people to understand some of the nuances of it, but it's really not as simple as a diet plan and exercise. That's what I, people always ask yeah, me, yeah, what do I, I eat? What's the diet sense. plan? That's all they're looking for. They don't know this stuff that you and I are talking about now. And they don't really, they have this idea addiction is a guy with a brown, with a brown paper bag and a bottle under a bridge. That's just not the case, you know? It's like I said, closer to nicotine, which can capture you very early in life and then won't let you go. And that's kind of what sugar does. Exactly, exactly. And I love that you deal with the emotional part of it because we know as, you know, with addiction, any addiction, it all stems back to emotions and, right. and what drives us and what, like you said, what makes you feel loved. Right. 
Mm. And, you know, a lot of times as kids, it is, it's like, oh, you're hurt here, have this, you know, have a cookie or, Mm. you know, it's, it's almost like they're rewarding you for having a hard time. Mm. Not that we really consciously were doing that, but that's what I think it sinks into our minds and our thoughts and, and it creates these bad habits that we have. So I'm curious, are you substituting any kind of sweetener, like honey, natural Mm. sweeteners, anything like that? Or do you just strictly, I mean, no sweeteners at all? Yeah. Another great question is the way that uh, I get that all the time because people are always looking for a little wiggle room, you know? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I know I am. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And the answer is not going to be, you know, pleasing to many people, but the, the, what we've discovered over the, you know, thousands of detoxes is that um, any amount of sweetness will lead you back to the regular sugar. What we have to do is we have to readjust our taste buds, right? We have to you get to the point where carrots taste sweet and peppers taste sweet and uh, macadamia nuts taste like candy kind of thing. And it's just like, until you, those neural pathways that we talked about that are grooved in your brain as you know, since you were a child, possibly in the womb uh, for the sweet product uh, are activated like Pavlov's dogs, uh, you know, because these things are usually have been mixed together. And that's why we work on caffeine as well. It's usually in chocolate and tea and coffee and everything. All these things are wired together, they call wired together, fired together. So it's like you start in trying with honey and trying with other sweeteners, you're thinking, you know, your body is saying, well, this now it's starting to get used to it and it's getting that sweet taste. And then it wants the, what I call high test. It wants the real sugar, you know? And uh, so, yeah, we find people struggle until they accept that. And then when they do accept it, it's interesting because once they get to 90 days, 60 or 90 days, pretty much their taste buds have adjusted and they just did that kind of stuff that they used to eat taste syrupy sweet. Uh, it's too sweet for them. You know, there's a book out there called, I think I got a copy somewhere, called The uh, the the Bliss Point, where food scientists trying to figure out just how much sweetness can we can give folks till it's not too syrupy sweet. And uh, once you get go through this abstinence, I call it adulting, Don. Look, you know, if I told you not to eat steak for 90 days, you'd be like, I like steak, or I tried no broccoli for 90 days, right? if you're a vegetarian, but you know, once you start taking away people's sugar, they get like, like, like children almost. And I don't mean that in a bad, I'm trying to shame anybody, but I call it a scratch test. I said, look, if you were going to an allergist and you had an allergy or something was bothering you and uh, they'd scratch you for pollen and ragweed and dust and all this kind of stuff and try and figure out if you're irritated. Well, this is your, your scratch test. This is you uh, taking 30 or 60 or 90 days and seeing if you don't, um, if your body doesn't change, if you start to lose weight, your skin looks better, the brain fog clears, you know, a lot of different things happen, you know, that, that, uh, you know, that the sugar is causing in your body, this inflammation, this metabolic syndrome. And so once they kind of accept that, then they kind of let it go. Not everyone does, you know, not everyone does, but yeah, the sweeteners are not, not advised in the early days. Yeah, so I went vegan for a while and I just juiced and, and um, you know, really uh, 
when you talk about how you get rid of certain things, other things taste really, really sweet. Like mm-hmm. carrots were one that I mm-hmm. remember being super sweet. Now I'm not completely vegan, but I try to stay away from meat. So mm. I don't always, but I, I do a good portion of the time. I try to stay away from it because my body does better. And I know that. Mm. And so I, I know how it feels and I want to stay within that. But um, so you do still have natural sugars like, you know, apples have sugar in them and, you know, bananas and, and mm-hmm. carrots even have lots of sugar in them. So um, you're just using what God gave us and, and just, you know, bringing that in and you're right it absolutely does intensify when you get rid of the artificial sugar. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I do want to clarify that in the early days, fructose, and this is an interesting part of the process too, and and necessary in the, uh, you know, that explanation of it all, if the people are really serious, is that there's a great video on YouTube called This Fruit Good For You by Dr. Gary Fetke, F-T-T-K-E. Dr. Fetke has been on our Quit Sugar Summits for a couple, three, four years in a row because he's so knowledgeable and he keeps getting coming back. So, But what we found also in working with lots of folks is that if you're ingesting, forget about fruit juice or dried fruit. You can't really use that because right fruit juice and dried fruit they literally hit the liver like a a coca-cola so Mm -hmm. much so much fructose and so remember that fructose back in the day fructose like in a a crab apple or a little blueberry or something and even a banana banana was like a seed pod you really couldn't see any fruit so over 300 years these things have been hybridized to for what for the fructose for the sweet part of the fruit and if you look at a navel orange or a seedless grape, these things could not re- reproduce in nature. These were these are basically a manufactured product, and they are manufactured and produced for the highest level of sweetness in fructose. And when you use fructose, it will draw you same as the sweeteners draw you back to regular uh, sugar in the early days. Now, many people after 90 or 120 days can put a little fruit back in their diet with no problem, but the fructose is the what they call the offending molecule. Fructose is the one that's affecting the nucleus accumbens, the dopamine, the serotonin, the norepinephrine, screwing those pathways. And uh, many of the scientists that we've had on our summits believe that it's a, a psychoactive drug. And when you think of it that way, a lot of people, like we said earlier, they can get off the stuff, but they can't stay off the stuff. We all know what the glucose, like for your, for your listeners, half of the glucose molecule is fructose and half is glucose. And we need glucose to live. And so people have this rationale and the sugar people had it, the sugar organizations, the sellers had it for a long time that it was necessary. We had to have it to live, but you don't need the crystalline stuff. You don't need like uh, the stuff that's been reduced to a white powder or white crystal. And so we know what this, the glucose is doing to our bodies for sure. Um, it's, you know, the diabetes and the inflammation, the heart disease, the, uh, the spikes in the insulin or spikes in your blood sugar, right? And so, but 
little known, little was known up till the last five years about what the fructose is doing to the brain and the brain chemicals. And what it's doing to dopamine, which evolved over 10 million years to get us, you know, to procreate and to uh, find good food. I mean, this was a, a very valuable um, brain reward system that was evolved. And now in the last 300 years, it's literally been hijacked. And the way it's hijacking is it's called down-regulating. It's dopamine receptors are thinned out. You have less of them. So you feel not so good. That's why you go through like a little bit of mild depression when you go, get off of sugar, because you don't, you, know, you don't have your dopamine and you don't have your hit of dopamine that is being manually manipulated by the sugar yeah. to make you feel better. So it's really, a, you know, it really is an all-encompassing science to get off this stuff permanently. And if you do, and when you do, that's when you do the experiment to add one thing back at a time. If you want to try an apple, try it. You know, if you want to try whatever, uh, a little bit of honey, try it. But give yourself at least that break so that you can get to the other side and see what you're like. Yeah, I, I really like that. And, you know, I was going to ask you, that was one of the questions I was thinking about is, you know, how do you replace that dopamine? So it sounds like you really don't at the beginning, you really just like try to cut out everything and then gradually work it back in and see what you can handle. Is that kind of what I'm hearing? Yeah, but what you do during the process, this is part of what we teach is uh, it's basically self-care and self-care methods. And it's really, I mean, most folks are not that good at you know, take, being nice to themselves. And really what it is, is um, when you're in the first five or seven days, when you're first, when you're really in those terrible withdrawals, you go for a walk. And when you're really just dying for sugar, you go for a walk or you, you know, get a hug or you go to yoga or you get a massage or um, you watch a sunset or you do something that is like substitutes for it. So then your brain starts to reorder and says, worry, or yoga, you know, anxiety, well, go for a walk instead of reaching for sugar. And so you're repro slowly reprogramming your habits and your dopamine, the way that you get the dopamine, the way that your body produces the dopamine naturally, you're reprogramming it away from the sugar. And that takes a lot of, uh, how should we say, support. It takes people reminding you because it's not, you know, you've been doing this for 20, 30, 40 years. You're, you're not going to immediately switch right over to this habit. It's like any habit, you know, so you got to change. You got to be reminded. You got to have people around you to help you out. So that part is integral, this, this social, uh, the social part I'll cover next, but the, the, the part of, um, where you substitute for a new supply of dopamine and you manage your emotional well-being in a different fashion other than a substance. Okay, well, thank you for clarifying that for me. And I love it. I love that you're substituting things that make us happy, naturally bring endorphins that yep. we can do yep. instead of like you said, something that we're just putting in our mouth, we're actually creating an experience mm -hmm. that creates those dopamine. So that's awesome. Thank you for sharing that. Um, so 
I am excited that our listeners will be able to actually download your book for free the first day. So thank you for that. That's super. Yeah, they got to go to the site. The Amazon's sometimes a little janky with it, um, but you got to go to the site. Just uh, you'll okay. see a big yellow copy of the book right there. Just grab it. Oh, awesome. And then um, also uh, there is, let's see, you have sugaraddiction.com. Yep. Um, this is, you have a course, an online course. It's sugar under slash detox under slash ebook. Yeah, yeah, you can put that in the show notes. But okay, basically, we'll you'll make see, sure and put that in the show notes because that's basically is the 30 day challenge. You'll see it on the site. Oh, and that's, nice. And that's how you kind of walk through it with your a new, a new cohort, a new group, a new tribe of people uh, together for that, you know, for that time period that you're involved. So, and really people stay involved for a long time. I mean, long time because they like helping other people once they've done it. So it's really interesting, uh, uh, so, you know, a uh, group of folks that have evolved over there. It's really cool. That's wonderful. Well, I love that you have all of these uh, groups and kind of societies and, you know, programs that people can actually go to and get the support that they need to be able to help them get off of it. Because I think there's so much that goes into, you know, addicting addictions, period, any addictions, mm. but definitely a lot of people don't realize that sugar is an addiction as well. Mm -hmm. That's, the, really that's the message right there. You're, you're, mm -hmm. you're hitting the nail on the head. The, and again, I, I use the reference of the folks that have been two and 300 pounds over, overweight or possibly got a diagnosis of diabetes and maybe lost a limb or something. And then they finally quit. They realized that they had to go through the same. And here's a funny story. This kind of uh, relevant in that I, uh, you know, when my parents were alive, I came up as an abstinence-based guy. I had a career, you know, in business and I really wasn't telling everybody I was an alcoholic kind of thing. But when they passed away, I got involved with the, what's called the new recovery advocacy movement, which is simply the more people that tell their story, the more people reduce the stigma of it. So I did that online and I got this flood of people who were like they were sober five, 10, 15, 20 years. One of my coaches was sober and they still couldn't put down the sugar. You know, they still didn't put the, put the two and two together that it was an addiction. And they, they had experience with addiction. You know, they, they recovered from alcohol and drugs. And so the average person is a long ways from the understanding of the, some of the things you need to know about in order to get help or to change this behavior. So, yeah, it's yeah, uh, because you're just substituting one drug for another, yeah. and, you know, so even though it's a drug that is the society is, you know, accepted right. doesn't necessarily mean it's good for us. So I really love the awareness that you're bringing out for this. And um, thank you so much for sharing this story and your message. It's been wonderful today to talk to you and hopefully this opens the eyes of those that are listening to be aware and yeah. hopefully look to maybe make those shifts. So I know that you also have, so would you recommend they go to your website or do you have a Facebook group as well? Yeah, no, the website's where you start. They'll give you information okay. when you get the book and all that kind of stuff about that. And, or, you know, the challenge, and you just, just start with the challenge. Here. Yeah, yeah. 
All right. Well, Michael, thank you again for being on our show today. I appreciate it. And yeah. uh, hopefully maybe we'll have you back another time. Well, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. You're welcome. This is Donna and this is Power to Grow. Thank you so much for joining us today. If you've enjoyed the show, please leave a review now and I will give you a free download of my blessed morning. This is something that is worth so much. It's what I use to get past my past, if you know what I mean. Until our next show, thank you again for joining us. This is Donna Gammon and this is Power to Grow.